to It's Sportsis, episode two. We are back and looking a little bit more professional and hopefully sounding a little bit more professional than what we sounded like last week. I know. Thank you guys for all of your support um, through our first episode. It definitely was quite the challenge to finally get it done. But we are both loaded up with our microphones. Hopefully we sound a lot more professional than we did last week. So we have a new format where instead of just diving super deep into three topics, we decided to go ahead and expand on multiple topics that we feel are really important and just do a brief overview of all of them. Yes, we really, really want to broaden y'all's knowledge when it comes to sports. So depending on the week and what happens in the sports world, it could be two things. It could be 10 things. This week, I think we've got like five things. So anyways, let's jump right in, Christine. All right, so the, the very first thing that we're going to touch on is the Panthers' new coach, Matt Rule. Sarah, in my opinion, I think that Matt Rule is doing such a great job with our team. Um, especially with Teddy Bridgewater. He's keeping the team solid. He's keeping it competitive. Um, Teddy's not just using his arm. He's also using his feet to get touchdowns. And last week's game was just proof of that. Yes. No, Matt Rule. So for those of you that don't know, Matt Rule came from Baylor University. So he moved from Waco, Texas and moved up to the Charlotte area to coach the Carolina Panthers this past year. And he has brought all of that Waco energy that I I keep saying has come from um, Chip Gaines, you know, from Chip and Joanna. I just love Chip. I love Chip and Joanna. Who doesn't though? They're America's sweethearts. Right. The goofiest people (laughs) in person. I feel like everybody who comes from Waco, Texas is basically Chip Gaines. So anyways, all of that energy he brought up to the Carolinas and he had a difficult plate. I mean, the Panthers, everybody is saying this is a transition year for us. We've got a very young team. We've got a new coach, but Matt rule is not about it, right? He has completely muffled everything that everybody is saying about the Carolina Panthers. And he has so much hype in this team. It is so great to see. And so all of those Teddy haters that we talked about last week could shut their mouths this week. Yeah. That's right. Bye. Uh, bye. Christine and I's favorite GIF is Nene Leaks. And she's, <laughs> she has her, um, like hand underneath of her chin and she's like waving by, um, download the GIF uh, keyboard and search if you want to know what we're talking about. But anyways, bye to the Teddy haters. Hello to the Teddy lovers. And when asked Teddy Bridgewater on camera this week, Christine, it was one of my favorites. He was asked, Teddy, explain if you could say one thing about the Carolina Panthers, what would you say? He said, excuse my language but the Carolina Panthers are a tough ass football team. And I was like, so I'm about it. I mean, my hype is, I mean, since, since we were Owen two, I was with it. So go Teddy. I'm about Teddy. And I think that, I mean, we've said this multiple times, but for all the Teddy haters, I think you're in for a rude awakening. Bye-bye. Bye. <laughs> Bye. But next I want to talk about the Miami heat game. And the Lakers game. Yes, the NBA. Mm -hmm. So the NBA finals. 
LeBron walked off the court with 10 seconds left. The LA Lakers are beating the Miami Heat two to one. And just to revisit Christine and I's predictions, I said that LA was going to win four two. And Christine said, I was really, really hopeful that the Heat was going to come through, but I really wish I could retract that <laughs> just based off watching these games because they're getting destroyed, except yes. for this past game. Yes, exactly. Except for this past game. The Heat won their very first game in the in the series of seven. And LeBron was so mad about it and frustrated with himself, I think, that he walked off the court with 10 seconds left. Which he wasn't let me just in. jump in. Let me just jump in here and say LeBron storming off the court with 10 seconds left really just puts the exclamation mark on my point from last week, Christine, that the man has he's a crybaby. Yes. He's a big crybaby. Like I said, <laughs> you can tickle him with the feather and he's going to yell foul. So he's just a very, very sensitive, sensitive man. And he was not having that loss. And so, yeah, he stormed off the court. Yeah. And I thought maybe it's because he was getting subbed out, but then I rewatched it and he just straight up stormed off the court. So I just think he puts a lot of pressure on himself, but yeah, so he does. He puts a lot of pressure on himself, which I think is a, is a good quality to have in a sports, a professional sports player, right? A professional basketball player. Um, I feel like if you don't have that fire, if you don't have that drive, that competition, then you don't really get into the game and he wouldn't have gotten to where he is now without that fire and drive. So yes, right. You're right. on the other hand, on the other side of him being a gigantic crybaby and, you know, yelling foul when he gets tickled with a feather or storming off the court, I do think that he to Christine's point, puts a lot of pressure on himself. He wants to win. And when they lose, he's not about it, not about it, about it. And he's getting off the court as quickly as possible. So what you'll also hear about this week in sports news is Jimmy Butler, who is one of the guards for the Miami heat and LeBron's like mouth off. They had this interaction and I turned on the game like at halftime. And so I did not see their first interaction. All I saw was was the camera zoomed in on Jimmy Butler in the fourth quarter and he was mouthing you're in trouble. He yep. looked at LeBron and he said, trouble, trouble. You're am, in trouble. I am here for that too, though, Sarah, because again, I'm going to play devil's advocate on LeBron's side, right? So LeBron played horrible defense the entire game and he was frustrated with himself. But whenever I watched the Michael Jordan documentary of back in the day when the Pistons and the Bulls just beat the crap out of each other Yeah, because they hated each other. I mean, right. they just full on hated each other. They would bow each other. You know, they'd slap each other's hands. They'd get, they would push them to the ground. That, they nitty, that nitty gritty competition. Like we are here for it. Yes. And we want more of that. So when I see Jimmy and LeBron talking crap to each other, I'm here for it. I'm sitting back in my, on my couch, eating my popcorn and enjoying the show. And that's what we want to see more of. So because the drama. LeBron Yes. And just because LeBron walks off the court, I mean, my first reaction was like, oh my gosh, he's such a crybaby, whatever. But then I'm like, this is what we want to see. You yes. Know? This is what the crowd came to see. This is what the we, crowd came to see. Yeah. So we want to see that competitive anger between the teams. That's right. That's right. They don't like each other. They respect each other. 
but they don't right. like each other and they want to beat each other. So and this is the finals, right? So um, back to Jimmy Butler. So Jimmy Butler, again, I wa- started watching it at halftime and they zoomed in on Jimmy Butler's face and he was like, trouble, you're in trouble. And I looked at Travis, looked at my husband and I was like, what did he just say? And Travis was like, I don't know. Like it was no big thing. I was like, I know that was a big thing. Okay. Like I know <laughs> what he just said to whoever he just said it to, because I didn't see who was on the receiving end of his mouthing trouble that there was going to be some drama behind it. Right. So fast forward, I was watching their press conference at the end of the game. Some lady asked um, Jimmy Butler about it. And they were like, what did you say to LeBron? And he was like, let me just put this on the record. Cause I'm not going to be made out to be a smack talker. LeBron said it to me first. LeBron looked at me halfway through the first quarter and he said, y'all in trouble. And so I looked back LeBron's way halfway through the fourth quarter with a few minutes left when I knew that we had this game in the bag. And I said, no, sir, no, sir. You're in trouble. Yeah. We're here for it. We are here for it. We want all the drama. Bring it on Jimmy Butler and LeBron. I'm hoping you scream worse things than you're in trouble and trouble at each other in the next game. I still, I still think that I was a little hopeful for my, my guess that the heat were going to come through on this series. I still think the Lakers are going to win, but who knows? Maybe a miracle will happen. I was going to say, Christine, it's two, one Jimmy Butler is said. He's got a new fire under his team's rear end and they are ready (laughs) for game four. So we might see an even Steven series. We'll know who knows. Um, We'll touch in and let you guys know next week. Anyways, on to the next topic. We're trying to keep us under 20 minutes, Sarah. We, we got to stay on track. I want to touch on the fact that the Houston Texans coach, who has been their coach for six years, his name is Bill O'Brien. He just got fired um, after their fourth loss this season. Yeah. So this is a really, you guys, this is going to be short and sweet. All you need to know is this is a power move um, on the owner's part to the owner of the Houston Texans. Um, this is a power move telling his fans and telling his players, I hear you. I know. And we're going to get some new energy in this building for you guys to turn this season around. So this is him not saying, I believe in my coach. I don't believe in my players. I'm going to keep them around and maybe make some changes in the players next year. This is the owner saying, I believe in my players. I don't believe in the coach who's leading him and who's he's not bringing the hype that this team needs. He's not bringing them together. He's not um, helping them play to their full potential. So we need him to go. Okay. We should also mention that the coach came into this year on the rocks, right? So he made some questionable decisions last year um, with their number one receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. He was Deshaun Watson's number one receiver, not just on the Houston Texans. They played together at Clemson, you guys. So they go way back and Deshaun Watson was like, I mean, what the heck? And then he traded a couple of um, draft picks. And so again, he made some very questionable decisions at the end of last season that the Houston Texans fans and the players were not about. And so he came into the season on the rocks. He went zero and four and the owner was like, bye. Clip, clip, clip. So he gone. And now I want to say their offensive coordinator. So the person who oversees all of the Houston Texans offense um, is now the stand in coach through the end of the season. Yeah. And I do just um, 
I just think that it was a little funny whenever I saw that he got fired because I was looking earlier in the day where he told reporters that he wasn't worried about getting fired after that 0-4 loss or after that fourth loss. And then within hours, he got fired. He got so that sucks. Yeah. Sorry about it, Bill O'Brien. But on to the next one. So COVID protocol, COVID, I mean... Can we talk about a topic I just, I was going to say, it's just so, I mean, you don't even want to hear it anymore, but the NFL made, we'll touch on this super briefly. They made even more changes because obviously the fining coaches, a hundred thousand dollars for not following mask protocol wasn't working. Right. Because they have all the money in the world. So what's a hundred thousand dollars. I was going to say, you hear these numbers of like a hundred thousand dollar fine. And like, you think you know, you trying to check strike, write a check for a hundred thousand dollars, what that would mean for your life. But like, Uh, it's basically like writing a hundred dollar check to these coaches. Right. I mean, it probably stings a little bit more than a hundred dollars does, but obviously it's not hitting them where it hurts. And so they've got new protocol. So moving forward, the NFL has decided that instead of finding them a hundred thousand dollars for not wearing a mask, they're going to take away their draft choices and or forfeit a game if the protocol is violated and the result is the spread of the virus. Yes, yes, for sure. So now you guys, they are hitting it, hitting them where it hurts. It's not just in their pocket, which obviously $100,000 was no big thing to them. It's their 2021 season could potentially um, take a hit. And so the NFL mean business. So wear your mask, everybody. On to the Patriots and the Chiefs. So the the New England Patriots and the Kansas City Chiefs were supposed to play on Sunday. Oh yeah, that's what we were talking about. Um, they were, yeah, they Cam, were supposed. Cam to- Newton, Cam Newton got got coronavirus. That's why we started talking coronavirus and the coaches. Okay, got it. Right. Yes. Yeah. So the Patriots um, quarterback is Cam Newton, and he tested positive for COVID. So they had to reschedule the. Uh, Patriots Chiefs game for Monday night and, and their backup and their backup quarterback you guys um, at the end of the first half so this is something you need to know because it's hysterical so at the end of the first half I don't even know the poor guy's name but he got sacked so he got tackled sack is when the quarterback gets tackled right and you typically lose like a significant number of yards um, and he got sacked and lost like 15 yards and there were nine seconds left but they were in this in the first half so this is going into halftime Um, but they were still in field goal range. So the poor guy gets sacked and then stands up and tries to call a timeout. But guess what, Christine, they were out of timeouts. Oh, wait, how did I miss that? Yeah. So he didn't just, Oh no, I know. So the poor guy, he didn't just get sacked, but he also stood up, was all dazed and confused because he had this gigantic lineman tackle him and he stands up and tries to call a timeout and the refs are looking at them and he, he's like, yeah, yeah, man, you don't have any more of those. So thankfully for him in the NFL in, the, in a football game, that's not a penalty. If you try to do that in the NBA and call a timeout when you don't have it, I'm pretty sure that's like a technical foul. So I feel bad for these backup quarterbacks because it's like, you got one chance to prove yourself and it's this game yes. in the league. Right. Yes. And like, if you screw up, I mean, the pressure is on, I know, I know if you screw up, you don't stand a chance. And I- yeah, I don't really know, honestly, though, like, I mean, obviously this game was not his, his 
best performance. Um, and I, but I'm not sure when Cam Newton is planning to come back. I love Cam. Okay. I really do. And I miss Cam, but Sarah, I cannot stand. I can the- not stand. I, <laughs> oh, good one. I, I cannot stand the way that he types on Instagram. It's I, some, it's, it's like some sort of code, Christine. Like if you, if you follow him, like, you know what I'm talking about, but it's not just like you can casually scroll and come across a cam post and just keep and double tap and just keep scrolling. Like you have to actually stare at this caption for, for a while to figure out what he's actually trying you to have say to and- decipher it. Yes. Like literally it's like cracking code. Like I was talking to Christine. I was like, there's literally a 0% chance that he has some sort of magic keyboard that he just types into Instagram. Like he has to have an app that's separate from Instagram that he's like typing this into that puts it into this weird, it looks like hieroglyph. What are those things in the olden days that they would write in the caves, like the hieroglyphics or whatever the heck they're called. That's prob- probably not the right thing to call them. But anyway, whatever that is, that's what it looks like. Like, and he yeah. copies it and pastes it into his Instagram. But I will say he puts that weird, weird font on these pictures of him in these insanely beautiful outfits. And I am all about Cam's Sunday drip. He's definitely very fashion forward. I he- mean, very much so between his canary yellow suits and his powder blue blazers and (laughs) his hair and his glasses. And remember that time in Carolina when he wore that, like some sort of Hermes scarf wrapped around his head and everybody was him for Halloween last year. Like Cam (laughs) is known now for his fashion and people say that it pulls away from his game, but I'm here for it. So I'm here for it too, Sarah, keep doing you cam. But if you could just like revert back to, um, the normal English language with the times new Roman font on Instagram, we'd followers would be grateful. Yep. We'd we'd appreciate it. So next let's move on to the Dallas Cowboys who, in my opinion, have the worst defense in NFL history. Who did they play this past weekend? They played the Cleveland Browns. Oh, that's right. Yes. So the Cleveland Browns aren't even usually relevant by week four, but not this year because the Browns won 49 to 38 over the Cowboys. That's right. And Odell Beckham Jr., which you guys need to. Okay. So Odell Beckham Jr. is the wide receiver for the Browns. You will also um, very like you'll hear him being called OBJ, which is the acronym for Odell Beckham Jr. And he really, really needed an amazing offensive game. And he caught how many touchdowns this? Uh, I believe he had three touchdowns. So he had three touchdowns, which he for sure needed because he needed to get the heat off of his chest. If you know, <laughs> if you know, you know, if you don't Google it, cause we're not going to talk about it. Anyway, so what you said before about him being the wide receiver, just for our listeners, what a wide right. receivers job is, is one single job. And it's to catch the ball when the quarterback throws it to them. You have one job, one job, catch the ball, catch the ball. Yep. That's it. Um, lastly, I do want to touch on because I love him, Ron Rivera. 
So he was diagnosed with squamous cell carcinoma, which really just means he's got cancer of the lymph node. And it's really cool to see the league come through and they have this new thing called Rivera strong where everybody's behind him and, you know, he's going through treatment and I just think it's really cool. I mean, his prognosis looks really good because they caught it in the early stages and they think it's curable, but I mean, chemotherapy is no joke. A lot of the reporters are saying, you know, he should probably take some time off from the NFL because it's taking away from his um, recovery. He's going through chemotherapy and radiation, but it's like, you know, what if this, what if football is what's bringing him life, you know, through something that's such a a hard time in your life that brings so much joy out of you? What if football is bringing him the life that he needs to keep moving on, you know? So I don't think that he should quit. I think he should keep going and he's got the whole NFL backing him. I'm going to cry. I love Ron Rivera so much, you guys. Okay. So for those of you that don't know, Ron Rivera coach for the Carolina Panthers, like we, Christine and I have gone to so many games. We went, um, and he took us to a Super Bowl. I mean, he had an amazing record with the Carolina Panthers. Not just that, but his wife was super involved in the Charlotte community. Um, he, she did something similar to this um, for women specifically, um, and it would like teach them all the basics of football so that they can enjoy it. So a similar theme to what we're doing here. But um, we love and follow Ron Rivera. And the reason why the hashtag Rivera strong is so important right now is because the entire month of October with the NFL is the crucial catch month. Um, so all of, I think there's like specific games. I know that it's the entire month of October, but there are specific games that are considered crucial catch games. And you'll know that they're crucial catch games because they'll a talk about them, but B you'll see the crucial catch logo. And it almost looks like, um, like the Adidas logo, you know, how there's like three stripes, but there's like probably like 12 stripes and they're all different colors. So there's like multiple colors, like not full rainbow, but multiple colored stripes and they'll wrap, um, the field goal in them. It'll be in the center field and they're asking for people to donate, um, to help cure cancer and their main focus during this, um, crucial catch month is on the hashtag Rivera strong. So it's really sweet to see. Melts my heart. I love him so much. So before we start actually crying, that wraps episode two of it's sports sis. As always, Katie Klashani, thank you so much for your editing skills. Shane Norris for your graphic design genius. And tune in next week for episode three. Mash that subscribe button and follow us on Instagram. See y'all next week. Bye.